Know that what you want, what your heart is calling you towards, what your greatest, most passionate, intense desire is, is yours by design. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, I'm Mike Dooley, here to remind you once more that your thoughts become things. And I'm going to do it today by dropping another edition of a week's worth of spiritual tune-ups. These were broadcasted live. My answers to fellow adventurers' questions about life, dreams, and happiness. And each one took 5, 10, or 15 minutes. We've sewn them all together for your viewing and listening enjoyment. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, happy Monday. So super excited to talk to you about this question that just came in. Mike, what if I can't clearly imagine and feel my big dream? That's my rendition of the question. Here's this particular is a little more saucy, uh, but it applies to everyone, whether or not you're looking for romance. Mike, what if I can't really feel the man of my dreams in my wish? Okay, that was the specific question, but it applies to all major dreams, particularly big dreams, because if you have a big dream, it implies that you're not there, and very likely you've never been there. So how do you imagine and vividly feel the euphoria, the joy, the warmth, the love, if you've never been there? How do you imagine that which you've never experienced in order to experience it? Okay, I'm going to give you the routine stuff in just a second, visualize, affirm, etc. Um, but there's two things I want to focus on that are truly on my radar every single day for my dreams and aspirations and for my lions and tigers and bears, because there's still a few of them out there. Um, first, know that what you want, what your heart is calling you towards, what your greatest, most passionate, intense desire is, is yours by design. It's not some random willy-nilly, oh, you know, everybody wants that, why not me? What you want is what you alone want. And you want it in your own way. And you want it for the journey it will inspire. And you want it for the person you will become. And you want it because you know you can have it. I want you to understand that your dreams are ordained. They're planned out meticulously in advance of your receivership. And so whatever it is you want, whether it's boatloads of money or a unique relationship or health and healing, it is by design. And that alone should tell you it's meant to be. You are the person. If it's a big, lofty, whimsical dream, rainbows, unicorns, uh, that man that you want to feel, um, know that you are that person. Don't discount it. Don't think, oh yeah, oh, wouldn't it be nice? Oh, what's the law of attraction? So I really, I'm shooting high and far and way out there. It's like, it's supposed to happen for you. Okay. That means so much. It means the cards are stacked in your favor. Now, if it's another big dream, but it deals with, or is driven by fear, uh, maybe a medical diagnosis, maybe a relationship on the brink. This too is was meticulously designed for your growth and glory. So many times cancer patients have 
ask me, you know, like, you know, is this my death sentence? Is this me on the way out? It is not. If it was time for you to go, you'd be gone. You wouldn't be asking these questions. You chose this fork in the road, this dilemma, this point of reflection to see things that you weren't seeing otherwise. See them, move on. You've got this spell, this period, this opportunity. And so if your big unicorn dream is dealing with a diagnosis or a bankruptcy or some other devastating, terrifying news, rise to the challenge. It's there because you can rise above it. This is why it showed up on your radar, because you are, again, that person to move beyond. So big dreams, big fears, a desire for transformation, it's all planned out before you receive it. And let that tell you it's meant to be. You are that person. Uh, the second thing I wanted to share with you before I go into the, um, the routines here. Um, there are forces greater than you on the case. Now, everything is just more you. So uh, in that sense, words slip. But as soon as you are captivated, as soon as you are engaged, as soon as you are aware, oh my gosh, the legions, friends, departed loved ones, angels, guides, they are all on your case. They are all riding shotgun. They're leading the way. They're doing things you can't see. They're doing things you don't know about. Don't think it's down to just you and your, your will and your willpower and your steely grip on reality. Oh my gosh, it's just you. It's never just you. You are the tip of the iceberg. There is this force of love that follows wherever you point your imagination. So not only are you ordained to live the life of your dreams and to overcome that which is before you right now. But you're not doing it alone. So when it comes to big lofty dreams, pitted against our typical view of who we think we are, mere mortal pitiful me, put here to be tested, judged, and sentenced by an angry God, oh my gosh, I hope I can be good enough, I hope I can be disciplined enough. My gosh, even when you're taking a nap, you've got legions working on your behalf. You've got scouts. You've got pilots. You've got an inner higher you that knows how to arrange the sequence of your thoughts, that knows how to align your beliefs, that knows how to keep you buoyed up. And sometimes you might feel low. You'd be even lower if you didn't have that team. And knowing you have a team, you can rise even higher. You are so not alone. Your dreams are so meant to be, no matter what they are. Those are the two things I really wanted to convey to you now. My other standard talking points on living deliberately and creating consciously. <clears throat> Visualize, okay? Visualize what you want to the best of your ability. It's so lofty or your dreamy man is so far away, you can't really get into it. Do your best. Your feeble best will always be enough. And it's not feeble, okay? I'm just saying, I know what it, it feels like. Where I want to go to where I am today, oh my God, it's a zillion billion light years away. I've been in that place and sometimes I still feel in that place. Um, but my gosh, 
thoughts become things and your best effort will unleash your team. Okay. And then you're going to start seeing sparks of possibilities. And then your belief in yourself is going to rise and you're going to have this upward spiral. You'll become unstoppable. So visualize because your thoughts become things. Affirm, use your words wisely. Look at your beliefs, align them with the life of your dreams to the best of your ability. I have done several prior spiritual tune-ups on aligning your beliefs with the life of your dreams. So I'm going to challenge you to, to either look in the podcast archive or the Facebook archive or the Instagram archive to find those several dedicated sessions on belief alignment, which is a lot easier than looking for what your invisible limiting beliefs are. And then the fourth typical talking point on living deliberately, creating consciously, can't not go there, is don't let your dreams fall within the Bermuda Triangle of manifestation. I've talked about that at length in my earlier spiritual tune-ups. Basically, don't attach to a certain person behaving a certain way. Don't attach to how your dream is going to come true. Just think about your dream. The universe will figure out how. And don't attach to unimportant details. All details. All details are unimportant. They're cool. They're rich. They're saucy and sexy. But they're a dime a dozen. You'll always have cool details in your life. Cool people in your life. And a how my dream came true story. But in the beginning of the journey, do not attach. And when you're visualizing, do not insist that these bells and whistles show up. That time, the where's. All of that is unimportant. Surrender to the universe. Okay? Show up, but don't attach. And again, on the Bermuda Triangle, there's many other spiritual tune-ups that go there. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, it's Mike Dooley. Happy Tuesday time for a spiritual tune-up. Thanks for the great questions. A special shout-out to Infinite Possibility members who have the option of getting me even more questions. Mike, what were your biggest breakthroughs? What is it, Mike, that you would have liked to have understood earlier that has been the ultimate aha moment for you with regards to manifesting? Well, I couldn't just pick one, okay? I've got four and I'll blow through them really quickly. First, thoughts become things. It's the end-all and be-all of living the life of your dreams. There are zero mitigating factors. Not God, not fate, not destiny, not ancient spiritual contracts, not your beliefs. Your beliefs are an accumulation of your thoughts. Thoughts becoming things puts you in the driver's seat of reality creation. It gives you 100% of the power and it therefore places 100% of the responsibility on your shoulders. No more deflecting. If you want it, you can have it. That's why you're here in time and space. Hallelujah. That's it. TBT. Thoughts become things. Number two, we talked about this yesterday. When you keep faith and you stay in motion, however feeble that faith may be, you unleash forces unimaginable. You are more than you realize. More in terms of energy, more in terms of power, more in terms of focal points in this physical and metaphysical universe. There are elements and aspects of you that are on the case working on your behalf. If you hold the vision or a vision beyond the manifestation that implies the manifestation. And if you but show up, show up. As I laid out yesterday, 
you will have aspects of yourself that you know not of that will be working on your behalf. It's not just up to you in the sense of you have to do it with your willpower, with your strength. You decide yes and the army is unleashed. The army of love. Um, Number three of four. I talk about this all the time. This is one of my personal, personal, like, oh my God, probably 10 years ago. The recognition of how inclined we all are to succeed. Inclined to succeed. That we live in a non-judgmental universe, but that does not mean we live in a neutral universe. We live in a universe that's non-neutral. We live in a universe that adores you, that wants for you what you want for yourself. If you say yes, the universe says hell yes. And the universe is striving to get you there with all of your radiant entities in line, angels, guides, and what have you. You are this tidal wave of magnificence who showed up in time and space to rock and roll. You are this God particle, fully fledged God particle. And everything you think in alignment with the truth of your magnificence, thoughts become things. Life is easy. People are awesome. I am beautiful. Uh, Things you think out of alignment with the tidal wave of magnificence that you are. I'm dumb, I'm slow, nobody likes it, it's stupid, I won't make it, it won't work, I can't do it, I'm not that type of person. Lies, 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 those are very hard manifestations. You are inclined to succeed. It is therefore as if your positive thoughts are 10,000 times more powerful than your negative thoughts. Thoughts in alignment with truth, you're the eyes and the ears of the divine here to rock and roll, or thoughts out of alignment with truth, Thoughts that are negative. And so you don't have to worry that you worry. You don't have to get it all right. You just have to do your best to be your best uh, in spite of the the self-loathing at times. You're going to rock it. You totally got this. You're inclined. You are destined. You're programmed to succeed. It is your default setting. It is your nature, your nature to be in joy. Not your nature to be neutral. Oh, some days are good, some days are bad. That's not your nature. That's not who you... Your nature is good days every day. Your nature is to be able to change your perspective to feel better about whatever disappointed you. Your nature is to gravitate towards friends and clarity and abundance and self-realization. That's who you really are. Oh my gosh. And number four, you will get faster wherever there is for you. If you can be happy now in the journey, do not put off your joy for the manifestation. Because once you manifest that that wonderful thing, and you will, and you will be happy, there's something else on the horizon. And then you're going to put off your joy some more. And your joy will be forever elusive. Be happy now. And this means be happy without the manifestation. Be happy even though it has not shown up yet. That doesn't mean it won't, it will. But it's gonna show up faster if you're happy now without it. Be happy now. That doesn't mean forget it, that doesn't mean don't care, that doesn't mean don't pursue it, but be happy in the pursuit. Be happy with the other elements of your life. Be happy, greases the wheels of everything, better, quicker, faster, more love, more joy, and all that good stuff. 
Jumbo, fellow adventurers, it's Mike Dooley. Time for a spiritual tune-up. Thank you for the awesome questions every day, Facebook, Instagram, and through my Infinite Possibility member portal. Okay, Mike, challenging family relationships. I get a lot of questions about um, narcissistic in-laws or siblings or children or parents really making your life difficult. And uh, my heart goes out to you. Uh, I've got a brother. Oh, I, I won't go there. No, just kidding. Um, specifically, Mike, my adult son has been severely depressed and suicidal for years. This has led to substance abuse and all, ha all the horrible consequences that go with it. If I even try to find some kind of happiness in my life, I feel guilty for being happy when his life is so miserable. I don't know how to separate my life from his, or even if that's what I actually need to do. Please tell me, Mike, how do I move forward with manifesting my dreams without feeling bad about it? Wow. Somebody out there uh, recently told me in the last year that you can only be as happy as your saddest child. And that really, um, I really felt that having finally become a father myself. Uh, uh, but that's uh, a wives' tale, and you can become happier than your saddest child. Now, I'm going to try to answer a lot of family questions in this one answer. <clears throat> so, some of what I say will not apply exactly to you, dear questioner. But let me share the relationships we have, like those that are really intimate, that are really powerful, that are really painful. These are not random. These stem from ancient spiritual love affairs showing up in a totally different way where I agree to poke you, you agree to poke me, we agree to, to perhaps be each other's nemesis in a lifetime for the incredibly advanced lessons that need to be learned. We don't leave our advanced learning, our higher learning for any random person. These are relationships that have withstood millennia, withstood different incarnations. And you might look and say, no, I would never want to be learning from that kind of a person. They're awful, ugly, mean, terrible. It's like, that's just the mask they're wearing right now to be most effective in the role that's triggering you, that's causing self-reflection, that's making you go inward, that's going to help you bloom like you have, could have never bloomed Otherwise, so understand that something really sacred is going on here, which doesn't mean, and I'll talk about this in a minute, that you have to honor it, revere it, and carry it with you forevermore. You don't. Maybe the lesson is to let go. All right, but for now, something really critical to understand uh, in this person's situation and in all challenging personal relationships is that. Contrary to feelings and appearances, learning is taking place on both sides. I mean, this question is so profound and so deep and so meaningful. Uh, it, it's not just that you're here to be of service to a person going through addiction. You are learning as much, if not more, than they are by the, the predicament that they're putting you in and the questions you are now asking for the love that's in your heart. So you are both learning here right now and a couple of possible lessons, and this is always 
super fascinating. One lesson is understanding that there's always more in the life and the experience of the other person than what meets the eye. Okay, your son or daughter is not just an addict or not just severely depressed. They're ancient gladiators of love and joy. They're multidimensional beings. They're fulfilling all kinds of objectives beyond what you see with your physical senses in this incarnation and in so many other incarnations. And when somebody presses you to to understand their pain, like your son in this instance is pressing you, unintentionally likely, pressing you to understand their pain, you are being invited to realize so much more is going on. Don't rely on your physical senses alone. And it's not just your son, it's you, it's everyone else. We are multifaceted to an infinite degree, creatures of spontaneity, joy, and creativity. And sometimes we have a two steps back or two lifetimes back so we can blast forward in other ways. And you're being challenged to see a much bigger picture than somebody being defeated temporarily by substance abuse. You and all of us, especially in those situations, are being invited to take a bigger, broader view of reality. And this is part of their gift to you. And as you love them, they're going to be receiving and learning and seeing themselves, even if it's not spoken of, in greater, grander ways and become less judgmental. Another lesson that you might be learning, not just what your son or your other family members are going through. Um, you can't make or be anyone's happiness. Uh, that sounds pretty simple, uh, but it's not as simple when it's a family member. And it's even more challenging when they're your child. But you cannot extract a certain desired behavior out of a certain desired someone. This goes back to my Bermuda Triangle of manifesting. It doesn't work. They are here creating their own reality, learning their own lessons. Their thoughts become things you can influence them. You can love them. You can send your angels to them. And all of this might crack that veneer. But nothing will assure you that they will take the medicine, see from a new perspective, and be become happier. You can't force that. You can't make that. And what a lesson that is for all of us to learn. And tantamount to that is it's okay. And if they aren't in happiness right now, that's okay too. This is not their forever place. They're just temporarily going through deep confusion right now. Therefore, you need to be the one who gives yourself permission to be happy. Just like you can't make somebody else happy, you must be your own source of happiness. And your own source being in internally created. It can't be contingent on when my saddest child is happy, then I'll be happy. Then I will have made myself happy. No, you'll never get there. Okay. There'll always be somebody else more unhappy than you. And that's going to drag you down. So just as you must learn, we all must learn this very slippery lesson that we can't be someone else's happiness, however much we love them. Neither is there a substitute for ourselves making our own journey better? You hold the ticket to your happiness. 
what a challenge to have a son who's depressed and suicidal and addicted for you to still be happy. You owe it to yourself. You can do it. That doesn't mean you neglect or you don't care, but you realize the bigger picture, as I was saying earlier, also applies to you. All is supremely well. They chose you to be the person they would go through these challenges with. Let that be a source of joy and pride, that you're going to stand tall and brightly light their path in your own integrity and in your own enlightenment, your own understanding of the nature of reality. And that may be all they ever needed to come up another level, or they may choose that that's not enough. You're going to be happy either way. As challenging and as difficult as that may that, that may truly be. Depending on the relationship, okay, and I said I would speak to this uh, a few moments ago, I mean, there's nothing unspiritual, depending on the relationship and where you're at, nothing unspiritual about letting there be more space, okay? In fact, somebody abusive may have come into your life with your permission, if you will. I know that's a difficult one. At some level, there was permission granted because you wanted to use this experience, this relationship as a test to say adios. I love you, but I don't need to be with you. I love you, but I don't have to talk to you. I love you, but I don't ever want to see you again. That might be what you're going through. It might not be. Only you could know. But there's nothing unspiritual spiritual about creating that space. Unless, of course, they're your eight-year-old daughter. Or there are certain circumstances where you have to take the high road. This is what you wanted when you created the relationship to begin with. So that you can help them through these their their own path. But 30-year-old, okay, you've done your part. You can stay there in love or you can let there be more space. You can let there be more space. The best way to bring about that space, if this is the path you've chosen and the conditions are right, is to give the relationship, the person, and the pain less attention. Easy? No. Can you do it? Of course. You wouldn't have drawn this challenge to you if you couldn't do it. None of what I'm sharing about this stuff is easy. None of life is easy until you decide it's going to be easy. But that, that, that's a big leap and a big dot to connect. Yet it's before us. We're here. We're all gladiators of love and joy. Infinite possibilities abound. You can bring happiness to your life and you can do it in the blink of an eye. Jumbo fellow adventurers, Mike Dooley, time for a spiritual tune-up. So many teach, and it's correct, that by moving with your joy and your happiness, everything gets easier and manifestations get faster. But many of us don't feel happy all the time. Mike, how do I keep happy, I'm asked, when I'm working? Presumably hates their job. Uh, specifically, Mike, I struggle to keep myself in a happy state when I'm working. I try to feel grateful before I start my job in the mornings. I visualize what I want for five minutes every morning. I try to stay positive during the day, but I can't seem to stay away from I don't want type of thoughts. I don't feel happy and I'm afraid I can't manifest what I truly want if I'm not happy. Please help me. Oh my gosh, the idea that you have to be perfect and thinking of what you want, 
and doing everything right in order for it to manifest is so wrong. There's so much wiggle room. You're the eyes and the ears of God. You're given a little bit of slack. You're given a whole ton of slack. You can be negative and pessimistic and still hit a home run with the universe's help by simultaneously being a little bit positive and having a few little dreams. Now let me go into some detail. You can absolutely manifest when you're unhappy. I have shocked myself at what I've been able to do, to create, um, to write in some of my lowest points. I'll never forget finding out my girlfriend had a boyfriend who wasn't me, um, while the rest of my life had already unraveled. I had zero momentum in every direction. And I was in the beginning of scripting and recording an audio program called Infinite Possibilities, The Art of Living Your Dreams. I was so not the artist of living my dreams, yet I'm writing this audio program, selling it for $160 for 12 CDs, um, and just thinking what a joke this is, what a joke I am, and feeling such nausea and pain over the relationship status. But I had committed to a certain number of recordings by a certain deadline. And, and, it was, and I was not going to refund anybody's money uh, if I could prevent it. So I pushed myself through writing some of the first couple of chapters of that audio program. And I remember thinking, I don't know how I'm doing this. This is like utterly impossible. But there's like another part of you that can maintain, that can stay on track, that can show up, that can go to that job you hate, that can still smile, even if it's a fake smile to your customers or your boss or your coworkers. And it's always enough. By design, if you do what you can with what you've got, no matter how seemingly insignificant or paltry, it will be enough. If you just do what you can, be as positive as you can, even if it's not very much. If you just show up, if you just get out there, it will always be enough for big dreams to come true. So worry not that you have to be perfect, happy, positive all the time to make big things happen. It's usually in our darkest hours when all hope seems lost at the end of our rope that we maybe have that last kick. And that last kick is what saves the day. Coming from a place of despair, you are a nonstop streaming manifester. Never let go of that. Never forget that. I, I can fairly say that through all of my crises where I was negative and worrying because I stayed in the game, oh my God, more than I could have imagined. Um, the, the premise as well, and this is the other part that I wanted to talk to, the premise of, you know, I cannot make myself stay positive. I cannot make myself be happy. Even though it's not required for manifestation, I can understand that you want to be in that place. Now you know you don't have to be in that place and you can still manifest great wonders. But don't even kid yourself thinking that I can make myself happy. You cannot make yourself happy. Okay. Yes. It's from joy, happiness, and bliss that everything gets easier and manifestations get faster. Actually, they're not necessarily faster, but you're having so much fun. It seemed like it went by quickly. Okay. So, but I don't want you to be in a place where you think you can make yourself happy. This is like thinking that you can make yourself enlightened. It's actually the thinking that keeps you from enlightenment and thinking that you can make yourself happy reinforces that you're unhappy yet 
The idea of bringing about enlightenment or joy is entirely worthy and something you're entirely capable of, but not in the way of forcing and pushing and shoving. It's not going to, you're not going to make yourself happy. This is what I would do. I would strategize. I would get myself either just sit in the chair and look out the window and wonder about, you know, how come me, a being of light, loved and adored, pure God source energy, could get overwhelmed by circumstances that are fleeting. I'm eternal. Strategize. Look at the thing that's bothering you, the, the relationship, the, the frustration, the boredom at work, the jerks you have to hang around with, and see how you can choose a different perspective. Strategize by understanding these are temporary. Strategize by realizing that you are greater than whatever mess you find yourself in because you've created it and you are the greater. As the creator, you are the greater. You're the greater than your dreams. You're greater than your fears. You're greater than it all because you are the creator of all in your experience. So strategize. Strategize to that place of joy. Strategize to the best of you ability to get to a realization that the best is yet to come. It's going to get easier. An upward spiral has already begun. You've reached the tipping point. There's so many other things you do love about life. It's like, wow, suddenly you start taking um, stock and inventory of everything going in your favor. You breathe, you see, you hear very likely. Uh, celebrate what you can do, be, and have already. And this strategy will help you feel better and the feeling will expand. You can act as if, you don't have to force yourself to be happy, but you can act as if that you know this job is temporary. You can act as if you're in your final week there. You can act as if you just got a really great phone call. You can act as if you have so much to be excited about. And this playful pretending will erode the feeling of being trapped, stuck, and in a dead-end job acting as if. You can also move in the direction of your dream. What are your other dreams? Whether it's romance or career, hobby, health, maybe it's changing the job. You can be at work making the best of it, smiling if you have to, fake it if you have to, while simultaneously writing your resume, sending it out, starting that book, drafting a business uh, plan for your entrepreneurial endeavors. You can be doing other things at the same time, and that takes all the pressure away from you and the job you hate. Uh, and then, as I said, you can fake it. You can fake it. I know it's not fun. It doesn't seem quite the part, but faking it is pretending that you're there, pretending that you're in joy, pretending that you have clarity, and these things shall come to pass because your thoughts become things. There you have it, fellow podcast listener. Now, let's stay in the zone. If you haven't already, please visit my website, tut.com, where you can sign up, along with one million other subscribers, for my free daily notes from the universe. You can also find out about my Infinite Possibility membership for a price you choose. Every single Tuesday, I do a live broadcast, a 30-minute mini manifesting workshop. Members have access to the last 52 mini manifesting workshops. So check it out. And if you have a moment and these podcasts move you, I would be deeply grateful 
for a review at the Apple Podcast platform. Go to tut.com, look for spiritual tune-ups, look for the link for podcast. If you send us a screen grab of your published review at Apple, we've got a very special bonus waiting for you. Check out the links, read all about it. Thanks for being here and I'll see you on the next podcast installment.